Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. Join Stacy and learn from her 20 years of experience as she shares top-notch advice on marketing best practices for brands and walks you through how to leverage entertainment content and influencer partnerships to increase your brand's overall consumer engagement and most importantly, your sales. Welcome to another episode of Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I'm Stacy Jones, and today I'm going to continue to talk to you about the fraud that happened to my agency in the hopes that I can help prevent it from happening to your business too. In my last podcast, I laid out the background to what happened, and you need that information to understand how easily cyber fraud can happen to you. So if you haven't yet, make sure you go back and take a listen. Now let's get on with my story of how my hard-earned money went to Nigeria by way of Hong Kong to support cyber criminals and possibly bought a lot of guns, drugs, and fancy cars along the way. At least someone had some fun, right? And again, this is a rough story for me to tell, but at the end of the day, we are still here alive and kicking and fighting harder than ever to be the best agency we can be for our clients. So what happened? By the way, business owners, take a learning lesson from this as well. It is a bad idea to keep your money in your company. Take out your dividends. You can always loan your company money in the future if times get tight. Piecing that day together and all those days that followed feels like another lifetime. Twice before, I've had an almost similar feeling. An engagement in my 20s gone awry to the point of being a soap opera storyline and a bad business partnership dissolving seemingly overnight. But those experiences had some lead up, some time to prepare, some known fact that I at least willingly played a role in what would ultimately knock me off my feet and fell me. Nope, not this time. This involved a handful of conversations in broken English with the Hong Kong Hang Seng Bank, where my company's entire savings was wired to. Tearful conversations with Citibank, with their telling me that if 30 minutes time passes from the time of the wire, there's nothing they can do to stop it. That's right, 30 minutes is all you get. I caught it at minute 33. Filing police reports to my hometown and my business location, as the police really had no idea what to do about cybercrime, And not one police officer recommended that I speak to the FBI, even though I did ask. And by the way, regardless of what anyone tells you, that's the first thing you need to do after calling your bank. Reach out to the FBI. It involved doing research myself and at my husband's bequest on cybercrime and finding this tiny well-hidden link on the FBI's website telling me where I should file and then telling the story over and over and over again to different FBI field officers in different regions of our country. You absolutely must fill out a report with the FBI through their link at the Internet Crime Complaint Center. This is a do not stop go. It is a must, must that you have to do. It included being instructed by both the Hong Kong police and FBI to hire a Hong Kong lawyer to sue the bank to get my money returned. And did I mention endless hours of paperwork, which went nowhere? And it involved me launching an FBI back sting operation in which I actually got the cyber criminals to re-engage and ask for additional money, only to fail when the Hong Kong police and the bank refused to participate, despite having yet another bank account provided by the criminals that could be tracked. I'll leave you to draw your own conclusions about this. I obviously don't suggest banking with Hong Kong Hang Seng Bank, which is owned by HSBC, since I would have had to sue the bank in order to ask for my money back. Really? What the hell? They were horrible, and they could have helped end this fraud very quickly. 
and at the least ensured that the criminals doing this would not be able to continue to get more money funneled through their own bank. And they absolutely knew that my requests, my inquiries, my pounding at their door was totally legit. And they knew what was going on, as the FBI attache in Hong Kong was working with them directly too. So what do you tell your employees? Well, I didn't, (laughs) because I didn't know what to say. I didn't tell my employees that the floor had just dropped out, that their jobs were likely no more, that there was no way I could afford to be in business any longer. All lost, this was the end of my company. I could just walk away, defeated by an unseen enemy. But that's not really my personality. And if you know me, you'll know I have a pretty bold one. Instead, I buckled down and swam through those murky waters of despair, caused by seeing my hopes and dreams and all my hard work tossed away by a team of cyber criminals that struck not just my business, but a handful of others in Los Angeles that same day. So I'm sure you want to know what actually happened. And this leads me to business owner mistake number two, that you need to protect your money maker decisions. My bookkeeper worked remotely, coming into the office a few days each week. And this individual had worked for me for over six years at this point. She was part of the office and even attended my wedding. And when I was approached by her to let me know that her hours and general work would be changed due to needing medical treatment for a potentially progressive and deadly disease with a diagnosis of cancer, I readily agreed. Anything needed, we would find a way. And it was a bumpy ride. Rent and bill payments missed here and there, but nothing we couldn't deal with, right? After all, life priorities. My first and not last mistake as a business owner. Business owner mistake number two. Hear me out here. If the person in charge of your finances is not mentally in top form, how can you expect them to be on the front lines keeping your money safe? The answer, you can't. On that fateful day, an email came into the bookkeeper asking how things were and if she would be in the office that day. The email was opened on her iPhone and it said it was from me. But had the from line actually been looked at more closely, it would have shown that while my name was indeed listed as Stacy Jones, the reply address was a string of characters at Gmail. Not me. Not at HollywoodBranded.com. It is what is known as a spoofed email. One that looks like it comes from the sender, but actually has a different address hidden away that can only be found if one looks for it. In a phone, it doesn't show up. In a laptop or desktop computer, it often does, but not always. So the bookkeeper replied, and back and forth the email exchanges went, eventually resulting in the bookkeeper's mad dash to the office to send a wire, where I wasn't there to be able to stop it from happening as I was working from home, where she went and rushed and jumped on a personal flight. At the office, the bookkeeper found she couldn't send an international wire because I had successfully safeguarded my business. Ha! The only time, seemingly, in this entire mess of things to not allow international wires to be electronically sent. By the way, make sure you do not allow electronic wires to be sent internationally unless you actually do international wires. Undaunted by this obstacle, the bookkeeper went to the local Citibank branch to set up the wire, which directly leads back to business owner mistake number one that I talked about in my last podcast, giving your employees signing power at your bank. And this is where Citibank also failed my business. Every day and growing, individuals and businesses are being hit by cybercrimes. And for the uninitiated, the scams all share some of the same feel, the same framework. They seem to have two main differences. Money is sent internationally to Hong Kong, or money is sent domestically to another U.S. bank. And this is widely known by law enforcement and banking officials alike. I can't tell you how many of the FBI agents I spoke with told me what a big problem this actually is. And 
Also know that the bank takes no responsibility. They don't really care about your money. They care about their money. Knowing that a business does not traditionally send wires. Knowing that Hong Kong is not within any business transactions of a company on a regular basis. The bank has full ability and responsibility, in my opinion, to put in safeguards to protect the consumer and business owner. And it's not just Citibank. It's all banks in the United States. 30 minutes after a wire is sent, the originating bank completely loses its ability to recall it. This is where we need our national legislation to change to protect individuals and business owners. Is there really anything so urgent that a wire could not be held by the bank for longer? With a system of safeguards ensuring the wire is truly authorized? Especially if it's flagged, by Hong Kong as an example. Until our Congress makes banking law changes, this will not change. We the people are not protected. But the bank is fully protected. They share no risk in protecting your money that they earn interest on daily. From talking to those in the know and other agency owners, businesses like mine are often the target of cyber criminals. Any business type that's known for moving a lot of money, like advertising agencies do, get targeted. And this leads me into business owner mistake number three. And it's a biggie mistake I made, but really an easy one, an honest one. And I bet a lot of other companies have made this too. What was my mistake? I listed the email address to reach my bookkeeper for accounts payable and receivable on my website. I gave the criminals a perfect access point of entry to reach through. I unlocked the door and gave them easy knowledge. Here's the conversation on the email chain where the bookkeeper and the cybercriminal chatted back and forth. I'm sharing it as other business owners I've spoken with have thought that there was no way their own team would have ever fallen for the scam. My team must have been really dumb, right? And after they've seen it, they've had to rethink. So take a listen and decide, would your team possibly fall for the scam too? If so, you need to start having some detailed conversations and put a plan in place to make sure this doesn't happen to your business. Now, there were some glaring red flags along the way that were missed by the bookkeeper, such as the fact that I had at the time a BlackBerry, they were a client for over eight years, no iPhones in our office at the time, and the emails were all signed, sent for my iPhone. And some kind of weird word usage, like who uses sorted? I'm not British. But there were also some consistencies in style of writing that were possibly pretty familiar to my own. And to the bookkeeper's credit, Hoops were about to be jumped through all in the attempt to make me happy as her boss and provide a solution to my request that she thought I had given. My assigned detective from the FBI told me that he'd gotten the same exact story with different characters of the game that day from three other businesses in the Los Angeles area for varying sums of money, all ranging from near to low six figures up to low seven figures. So our team wasn't the only ones who fell for it. Let's take a look at the exact crime that happened. I've redacted a few things, but here are the conversations. And after listening, can you honestly tell me that your team would not fall for this too? So the first email that came in was marked urgent. It said it was from me, but if you did look closely, it had a Gmail account address with a string of characters and numbers beforehand. Hi, are you at your desk? Sent from my iPhone. By the way, again, that was the first red flag. I have a BlackBerry. I often communicate via mobile. The bookkeeper could have possibly spotted this. Her response. I'm home. You can always text or call me if urgent. Smiley face. The next email from the cyber criminal. I've been very busy. I need you to please take care of a wire transfer. Totally forgot it was pending and need it sorted out. 
Can I send you the details? Send from my iPhone. Okay, there's that red flag number two. Who in the United States says sort it out? It is totally something that is British. Red flag number three. Oh yes, I have also never asked for a wire transfer to be done via email or asked her to do one at all. So it's something I've always taken care of myself. Make sure you have in place something with your team so they're not surprised when you send them seemingly a wire transfer. Her response, yes, of course, I can do it today. Is there a specific time it needs to be sent? Cybercriminal email three, yes, I need it done ASAP and included all of the banking information. Bank name, Hong Song Bank. Bank address in Hong Kong. Swift code, account name, account number, amount. And then please email me the confirmation paperwork once done. Sent from my iPhone. So red flag number four. A request to wire money to Hong Kong. It screams fraud. Hong Kong is possibly the fraud capital of cybercrime with their broken banking system. And trust me, it is broken. You have to sue the bank to get your money back if you're involved in the cybercrime. And then they decide how much of your money they are going to give you back if they do give it back at all. And however, to provide a little fairness and insight to my own company, we do work with Asian brands very often, including those in China. And we do write checks or make payments that are very significant dollar amounts in the high six figures plus to production companies and celebrity talent managers frequently. But not in China. We get the money from Chinese brands. We're not sending money to Chinese brands. Next response from my bookkeeper. Okay, give me about an hour to complete it. The device I need to perform wire transfers on is at the office. Okay, listeners, we have a little fob that allows us to more safely and fraud-free access our bank account. It didn't help us in this case, obviously, but it is one more way you can lock down your bank accounts. Cybercriminal email four. Okay, name of bookkeeper. Thank you. Sent for my iPhone. Her response. Sure, anything for you. I'm here now about to process it. Cybercriminal email five. Thank you, name of bookkeeper. I'll be waiting for the confirmation paperwork. Sent for my iPhone. Her response? So, good news. Wire was just sent. Yay! But Citibank didn't have it set up for online international wire, so I had to come into the branch to do it. They're setting up international wire service for the future now. I'm going back to the office now to email you a confirmation. With the reference number that was the confirmation number. Red flag number five. Why, oh why, did the bank or the bookkeeper not stop to think about why we might not have international wire service set up? In fact, it's not set up to help prevent cybercrime fraud like this. The bank branch should know what red flags to look for. And this was a major failure at helping to protect our agency's money. Business owners do not have international wire capability automatically set up unless you really need it. Cybercriminal email six. Okay, name a bookkeeper. I'm waiting for it. And it wasn't until then, all of this time, all of these emails later, that I even found out what was going on. After the bookkeeper went to the bank, then to the office to scan the paperwork to directly email me the confirmation paperwork requested, she actually started a new email chain to do so, to my real email address. And this is how all that transpired to send the company money away finally came to my attention. Three minutes too late. But that's not the end of this story. In fact, far from it. In my next podcast, I'm going to share with you in more detail about how this fraud happened, what the FBI did to try to help, and how you can prevent it from happening to your business too. Our podcasts always talk about how you can do entertainment marketing better. 
But this podcast is obviously a little different and a little more personal. It's about doing your whole business better, knowing what to keep your eyes out for, knowing what safeguards to put in place, and also trying to make a little room and time to be able to be in the moment and cognizant of what's happening around you. Because when things like this happen, they are time suckers. You are going to have everything else stop and freeze, and it's going to take weeks for you to get back on track again. As a business owner, if you have questions about what I've experienced and since learned about cybercrime, I am more than happy to share. Just send me an email, stacy at hollywoodbranded.com, and we can chat. If you do know a brand or agency that could use a little help with building their brand through content or celebrity and influencer partnerships, please keep us in mind and send them our way. We could use the love. We're always going to be in a state of rebuilding for years to come. And stop by hollywoodbranded.com for more tips. You'll also find our library, which has infographics, white papers, ebooks, and videos, or our blog, blog.hollywoodbranded.com, which has hundreds of helpful hints on how to make brand influencer and entertainment content partnerships a success from the get-go. That's it for this episode, and there is really one more episode still to come, which finishes up my cyber fraud story. And I really hope this subject's helpful to you, and it helps you better protect your own business. Please let me know if you have any feedback as well. I'll see you next week. And as always, if you need a little or a lot of help, my agency, Hollywood Branded, is here to lend a hand. If you would leave a review or any questions I can address in the future, I'd really appreciate it as your feedback helps me know my advice is valuable and interesting to you. Are you ready to make the magic of product placement, celebrity event activations, or influencer partnerships help your sales? Visit HollywoodBranded.com to gain access to free content to learn which key tactics best fit your brand. You'll find surveys, webinars, daily blogs, ebooks, and guides, all created to make sure you have access to the best possible marketing practices. Let's make that entertainment marketing magic happen for you.